given the state of the world and uh, our topic today, it had me thinking about um, how each of us would fare if we, uh, when it came down to it, if we had to eat each other. I did. I don't think we could do it. You oh, say you, that you're now. Jumping right to eating each other. Okay. Yeah, we're jumping right into eating each other. Okay. This is like uh, this is just like the old Bear Grylls meme where it's like, oh, the sun went down. Time to drink my own piss. <laughs> yeah, like, uh oh, we're in a uh -oh. pandemic for a week. Got to start sizing up who I gotta eat first. <laughs> hmm, let's see. Does does mom or dad look more uh, more plump? You know, would they would they would they fulfill my my hunger a lot better? Who will yeah. satisfy Matt's bloodlust? Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Rabbit Hole. I am Tim, joined as always by John. Social distancing this week still. Yeah, here, uh, far away, down. You know, probably 10 miles away, actually, from you guys. But, uh, yeah, hanging out here, doing my best to distance myself socially. Yeah. So. And Matt joined, as always, in the living room today. Not we're not in our typical recording space. We're, we're hanging out in the living room. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think there's probably about five to six feet between me and Tim. So. Yeah, so we're safe. We're. I mean, we've been spending, you know, we're in the house together anyway. But, you we, know what? You guys John's been social distancing, but, you know... I, I think of it more as just distancing because we're still, you know, we're still doing this. We're still socially interacting, but John's just, you know, location-wise yeah, far away. Socially, we're it, thriving. It, it's distance, but we're getting creative with the social aspect of it. So, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's the whole thing. And I, I, I might have said it in the last episode. I can't remember. Uh, but, like, I'm telling you, we're going to find out that working remotely was the easiest thing to do this whole time so mm. uh, uh companies are gonna be like why the fuck were we paying rent for these expensive ass manhattan skylines when we could just you know give everybody a couple thousand dollars more towards their own little apartment you know what yeah. i mean it's just i think i think a lot of people are going to start getting with this telecommuting picture also so. boomers are going to realize what they've been missing out on the entire time oh yeah <laughs> You mean I can watch QVC guilt-free <laughs> without having to worry about my my company looking at my bandwidth and get my work done? Qu no questions asked? Okay. All right. Okay. All right, all right. Okay. I'll sign up. All right. <laughs> you, you got me. All right. All right, Mr. Bezos. You got me. All right. Fuck fine. You've bent my elbow. You've twisted my riblets. <laughs> Your riblets? <laughs> yeah, that's what boomers say, right? What is, uh, what is a riblet in the first place? I have no idea. Okay, then. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most notorious cannibals in American history, Alfred Packer, a wannabe prospector and self-proclaimed wilderness expert. And okay. founder of the famed NFL team, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, funny <laughs> to know. It wasn't actually because they were, you know, sh a shipping port or anything wild like that. It's because they were founded by a cannibal. They just had to come up with a... Creative yet boring enough lie that nobody would look into it. Well, so that's why uh, that's why the uh, Green Bay Packers, their you know self-proclaimed uh, nickname is the Cheeseheads because you know to Alfred Packer everybody looked like a wheel of cheese. <laughs> when you see those fresh brains, oh man, that's like <laughs> it looks like a like it's like a wheel of Manchego. <laughs> Give me some candy. <laughs> now, the reason for Packer's infamy is partly due to the mystery surrounding the cannibalism. All that is known for a fact is that Alfred Packer and five other men went into the San Juan Mountains of Colorado, and the only one to come out alive was Packer. 
But nonetheless, the story of the Colorado cannibal holds such a distinct place in the history of the state, so much so, in fact, that the University of Colorado Boulder is home to the Alfred Packer Grill, featuring campus hot spots like Al's Greens, where you can chow down on a delicious salad, or you can pick up a burrito at El, El Cannibal Mexican Specialties. Shut up. This is still really a thing. still real. Wait, wait. So that's the name of... It's the name of one of their, uh, like, dining centers. El Cannibal? Oh, yeah. how... Their logo oh. has to be super, like, um, friendly. I mean, this is... Uh, no, it's just like a wooden placard that says, El Cannibal. How okay, no, okay, nobody... no, they, yeah, they're going for it. They're going for it. Yeah, yeah. no, no, 100%. And, like, it's an eatery as well. Like, I mean, there's so many double entendres here that it... Let's put it this way. If this were to make its way into some sort of criminal case, there is, like, beyond a reasonable doubt that, like, this was done with that intention. You know what I mean? With some, paying some sort of, like, mm-hmm. canny homage or, you know, uncanny homage to uh to this guy. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there's there's no bone. There's no mincing words about this. So no. how have these people not been me too? Do you know what I mean? Or how has it not been like, yeah, so my cab, my, my dining hall is named after a cannibal. Probably because it happened like 200 years ago. I was going to say that the, um, years ago. I was going to say that the university must have a lot of faith in the rest of their uh, admissions yeah. team because, you know, like every college tour leads you through the dining halls. And I really like props, you know, hats off to the tour guides who have to answer that question <laughs> yeah. in like yeah. droves every single tour. And they do multiple of those, multiple of those a day, probably. No, I, you know what it is, is I see just to, because I can't get over the fact that a fucking accredited university is, is going with this for an image. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, sure. Maybe I could like maybe in the nineties or the eighties, I could see like a tour guide for a college really jumping on that being like, yeah, this is our, uh, our dining hall named after a cannibal. Right? I mean, well, chow, chow time. Am I right? Well, let but, me, like, uh, today tell I you. feel like it's really hard to sell. You know uh, what I mean? It's on their website as named after can- Colorado's most infamous cannibal. <laughs> the Alfred Packer grill is a campus hotspot because nothing ever wanted to make you eat more. Than, than just the the most putrid, repulsive thing that humanity has to offer. Somebody saw some weird report about how uh, people really resonated with Anthony Hopkins' character in Silence of the Lambs, and they were like, oh, great, we have the perfect image for our university dining hall. Look, I think <laughs> this thing exists because they probably have student workers working it, because they're, they're like probably like, what, like, like what the fuck is going yeah. on here too? Like, there. I, I mean, but I'll, I'll somewhat agree with John is that they're probably one bad cannibal food pun away from getting shutting it down. Yeah, from shutting it down, from getting their well, uh, food it, food it's license that or revoked. Somebody like us to do a deep dive into the topic to find out that this guy was like a raging homophobe and like very racist. You know what I mean? Like if he just ate, oh, you as know, if the cannibalism other... wasn't worse. Or bad enough. Well, that's I'm, well, I mean, the cannibalism is just like it's weird enough. It's not like I mean, okay, let's say he ate people indiscriminately. Then yeah, sure, he could be the the poster <laughs> child for for diversity. But um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I said, I f- I feel like that was something that might have been a good idea for this college at one point, and I, I don't see how it still isn't a good idea. But hey, whatever. There's worse things that going on, I guess, at this point. So yeah. If we have any <laughs> University of Colorado uh Boulder um students, please let us know. I mean, it, it how's the food there? Is it worth it? Um and yeah, let us know if uh it's 
uh, one bad cannibal joke away from being canceled. Well, that's what I'm saying. You never know. On a smaller level, it could be like the Washington Redskins where there's petitions to get this guy's name out and people are just like, no, nah, we're leaving it. Like, fuck it. That's so much money to change it. So. This episode of The Rabbit Hole is brought to you by 518 Grabs Online Thrifting. 518 Grabs is a student-run online business focusing on vintage and unique items handpicked with love just for you. Do you love being fashionable or having unique items no one else has but hate watching your wallet suffer? If so, then check out 518 Grabs Online Thrifting, where you can find vintage, unique clothing items that are both affordable and fashionable. Remember, that's 518 Grabs Online Thrifting. And just for you rabbit hole listeners, you can receive 100% free shipping on any product by using the promo code RABBIT. Again, that's 100% free shipping by using the code RABBIT, R-A-B-B-I-T. And be sure to check out 518 Grabs on Instagram at 518 underscore grabs and on the retail app Depop, also at 518 underscore grabs. Enjoy the rest of the episode. The influence of Alfred Packer doesn't end at the university's dining hall. Two UC Boulder students by the name of Trey Parker and Matt Stone made the story of Alfred Packer the subject of their first collaboration together entitled Cannibal the Musical. The film features early Parker and Stone ditties such as Spadoinkle, When I Was on Top of You, and Hang the Bastard. <laughs> I've, I've wa- I watched this thing a couple years ago. It's fucking incredible. For like a first time making a feature film, incredible movie. The world did I've... not know what they were in for. No, no, well, no, no. I was going to say, I mean, you could always tell even in the earliest uh, South Park episodes that these guys were going to make a musical one day. But um, I did find a trailer of this and I'm like, oh, my God, they were earmarked for the Book of Mormon. You oh, know yeah. I mean, like it, it, it was they could have pretty much written it on some sort of stone tablet and been like, oh, it's the prophecy. And like, I'd be like, oh, that's my new church. There you mm-hmm. go. I'm going to the church <laughs> of these guys because they just they they stuck to it. But I think it's just. Now it's kind of like I'm almost surprised uh, a guy like uh, uh, the guy. Oh God, I can't believe I'm Seth. Uh, Seth MacFarlane hasn't made a musical himself. You know what sure. I mean? Other than the fact that like every Family Guy episode might as well be a musical. Yeah, it has its, but, own, its own little uh, musical renditions in it. But uh, you know, Trey, uh, I feel like Trey Stone and Matt Parker are the like example of just like how to get shit done on like a limited. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. Like not that not that I know anything about that, but it's like okay, like if you want to see some people who are just like inherently funny, like like that's something where like they, they like they drive something like they no, drive they drive it and they don't even know the, it. Like they're the perfect model for hey, like if there's something you want to do, just, just fucking do it. do it. Yeah, and like make and as long as you believe in what you're doing, like something will pan out. But um. I mean, I'm sure they would sit there and say that, like, it wasn't a perfect piece of work or whatever. Uh, but, right. um, you know, it's still it's still it's something that, like, you did when you had no other ability to do anything else better. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like podcasting, for example. It's hey. like, it, you know, just do it. Yeah. The parallels right. run well, deep. Well, now that we know the influence <laughs> yeah. of this story uh, has on the residents of Colorado, let's delve deep into the story of Alfred Packer. The Colorado Cannibal. Alfred Packer was born in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania on January 21st, 1842 to James and Esther Packer. In the early 1850s, the family had relocated to Indiana so that James could find work as a cabinet maker. When Alfred hit his late teens, his relationship with his parents had grown so bitter that he moved to Minnesota to become a shoemaker. 
Wait, he became a Schumacher wow. out of spite for his parents. Yeah. yeah. So he's like the opposite of uh, like uh, Billy Elliot. I'm gonna move. Yeah. I'm gonna move and become a dancer. No, I'm gonna move to Minnesota and become a shoemaker. Getting strong <laughs> yeah, Joseph Callinger vibes here. Yeah, yeah, big <laughs> times Joseph Callinger vibes. <laughs> well, I, you're gonna Callinger was even weirder because having shoemakers in uh, the the 20th century is just kind of like a rare you know job to have. But back then, it's you know when this guy was around, it's it's not that strange. So if anything. It would be like, man, I hate my parents. I'm going to go out and become a, uh insurance salesman, and that will really show them. It's like if punk rock never existed and people were more uh, uh, focused and uh, uh, banal, I guess is the best way of like thinking, looking at it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a weird way to rebel unless like mm-hmm. you, he was supposed to follow in his father's footsteps, which was to be some sort of like shit shoveler. I don't know. But it definitely, uh, I think it definitely wins or gets a check in the uh, the long burn category. Like that is, <laughs> that is, uh, you're playing the long game there. See, yeah, definitely the, yeah. a long, a very long game. At the age of 20, Packer enlisted to fight in the American Civil War, fighting for the Union. So he did one good thing. He enlisted in the town of Winona, Minnesota, and was assigned to the 16th U.S. Infantry Regiment F Company. Packer's military career was cu- cut short, though, as he was honorably discharged eight months later. This is because Packer suffered from epilepsy and would have seizures every two days. The decision huh. was made in New York at Fort Ontario, located in Oswego, New York. Oh, wow. That's where I went to college. Hey, it's the home of my alma mater, SUNY Oswego. Is, we're going to touch on a lot of different colleges yeah. with this guy. And is, there, is, is, there a guy is there anything dedicated to this guy at your college, Tim? Like a, no, but uh, I've been to the fort. The fort was about five miles away from campus. I wonder if he was famous enough for uh, anything to be dedicated to him or mentioned or anything. Not that like I know about him mentioned at the fort. Not that I know, but next time I go up, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the fort and I'm gonna check. He has to be also one of the first like it, known cases of epilepsy or somebody who suffered from yeah. it as a condition. You know what I mean? So I mean, unless it's been something that's around for a very long time, and I just sound very ignorant, but that that's always a possibility. But I mean, maybe there's like an epilepsy uh, center that uh, is is named after him in upstate New York, low key. No, <laughs> or I, I think a food pantry would be better fitting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Alfred, uh, the Alfred Packer, uh, 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 yeah, the Alfred Packer home for the hungry. Home for the hungry. Um, wait, hold on though. Is ep- so his epilepsy was very like timed. Like it was like every it was, two it was days. Give or, it is give or take every two days. They, okay. It was frequent enough. Yeah, it sounds pretty bad. Yeah. See, from Oswego, he headed south and enlisted in the Eighth Iowa Cavalry Regiment, Company C. However, Packer was once again discharged due to his epilepsy. Packer then headed westward and worked various odd jobs here and there, but mostly there. He changed professions often. Mostly there. Mostly there. It was a very educational time. <laughs> nice little throw in there. He changed professions often due to the seizures, and uh, another reason he changed job jobs was because of what would become one of Packer's fatal flaws, his piss poor attitude. Hmm. We'll like get into the, we'll get it, we'll get into that when he uh, when uh, he joins the expedition. But we'll get into that. Sounds like yeah. Uh, I could imagine somebody who who goes into shoemaking to 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 really get it at their you know parents could have some sort of really weird not 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 necessary attitude. Yeah, boomers hate him because of this one character trait. <laughs> Click on this link to find out. Oh my god, a forty-five page slide of of 
different dead celebrities. How did I get into this one? <laughs> <laughs> Such odd jobs included hunter, wagon teamster, ranch hand, field worker, and for a short while, as a guide. But those who would travel with Packer would go on to say that by no means was Packer a suitable guide, since he was incredibly prone to losing his way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I think I think that's the one thing that disqualifies you from being uh, a, a what is it? Uh, a guide. A guide. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And keep in mind, uh, uh, Packer was a self-proclaimed wilderness expert as well. Um, so this uh, guy was. Okay. Uh, see, see, see. So that's the thing. There is that I, I don't think you're allowed to be self-proclaimed when you're. It's something like are, the wilderness. I feel like you have to. You have to show your knowledge to other people, and yeah. other people will be like, "Yeah, like." You know your shit. Like if I ate that uh, that plant, I would have shit myself for days and possibly died. See, I think there are a few um, different like occupations in this country that you can't be a self proclaimed expert at. Like if I went into court and was like, I am a self self proclaimed expert in law, and was like, uh, I would I would probably uh, get the electric chair. No, that's the, well, that's illegal to do. You can't you you can't be a self proclaimed expert. Ah, see, but I'm an expert, and um, I say it's not. Uh- I mean, the bar, can, the bar wants to know your location. <laughs> it's very easy to lie about your qualifications. I mean, you see it all the time on whatever the different, you know, crime documentaries there are where you'll have experts that come in and they're like, this expert came in and said that the blood was did not match. And so therefore could not have been the defendant. And then next episode, it's like, yeah, so we did a deep dive on that blood expert. And that guy, he just works at a movie theater, uh, you know, 24 <laughs> seven. Uh, that's his main job. And like he just he just falsified some some certification saying that he knew he was a blood spanner uh, spatter uh, expert. And that was you know, that was it. You know what I mean? So uh, even more so back in this time, it's the kind of thing where it's like. You can be a self-proclaimed anything, um, really. Will anything, but and even in this, like, but I, you know, let's say anything. You could be a self-proclaimed expert at anything, but if you are like selling that to people, um, you're gonna be found out eventually. And especially with something like, well, I mean, maybe yeah. not wilderness. It's, and it seems very convenient that he also got into cannibalism. So, um, it's I, I don't know. Well, I hope that you um kind of uh tell us more about the chicken and the egg here to see if, oh was he did he just pretend to get lost did it seem like he was just getting lost because that was convenient oh we will enough? we will delve deep we will get or that, did yeah. he get into cannibalism because he was so shitty at navigating that he's like god damn it i'm lost again well yeah i guess looks like i brought a, a a whole shit ton of people with me this time so i'll be all right um you know definitely but, get into that one yeah, so, so I, I, yeah, I guess we'll see uh, uh, how it goes. But like I said, you'll be a self-proclaimed anything up until people can prove that you're not. And then th- the whole way it goes is like, oh, yeah, I've heard about that guy, like word of mouth. He's like, really, he sucks dick at, at, at doing that. Like, don't go anywhere near him. So in the beginning, you'll be just fine. So that's probably why he jumped around from job. He would get to that point where they'd be like, dude, you suck at this. Like, you've never done this before. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah, no, someone, total, uh, someone, total the, con, but yeah, someone in the group is like, oh man, it seems like we're, you know, it seems like we're lost. Well, you know, good thing we all have each other, you know, we'll get out of this. And, you know, Alfred Packer's like, yeah, good thing we have each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good thing. <clears throat> now, the last job Packer would hold before the expedition that cemented him as one of the most notorious figures in American history was as a miner. And he jumped from mine to mine in Colorado before settling in Utah. Now, it is important to note here that through accounts from people who knew Packer in this time period, 
that Packer was disliked by damn near everyone who came into contact with him. Several people said that Packer was a thief who was always looking for a fight, and overall, he was a tough person to get along with. Modern researchers and contemporaries concluded that by all accounts, Alfred Packer was a pathological liar. Yeah. That, that, so this just confirms everything I've said. Yeah. Like this, this guy does not know how to be... Um, he doesn't uh, know how to tell truth, the truth. Truthful, honest, yeah. Or responsible. Or, or just, yeah, responsible, but get, like he, he can't be straight with anything. So. Yeah. Now, in November of 1873, prospector Bob McCrew gathered 20 men, mostly strangers, willing to follow him from Salt Lake City, Utah, to the bountiful gold fields of Breckenridge, Colorado. In search of infinite wealth, they left their lives behind to become gold-digging prospectors, and it was 25 miles into their journey near Provo that the group saw a man on the side of the road. That man, without any money, the bare minimum of of supplies, and a Colt six-shooter revolver, was none other than Alfred Packer. He asked the group where they were headed, and when they said that they were heading to Breckenridge, Alfred asked if he could join them on their journey, saying that he would be a useful addition to the team, claiming that he too was a prospector who knew the San Juan Mountains quite well. To the group of prospectors, it was an easy decision to let him join the party, since most of them were inexperienced travelers who didn't know the terrain of Colorado. Unfortunately for them, neither did Alfred Packer. (laughs) This is where they (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> but they just did the equivalent of they they picked up a hitchhiker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as uh, most stories turn out, mm-hmm. that is... Uh, Not very you know, cash money. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that decision usually comes back to uh, bite you in the ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but and he see probably also... Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't even notice. <laughs> oh, Holy wow. Shit. You know what? It's a good thing you called that out. Got him. Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Ooh. Wow. All right, Matt. I think... Uh, you definitely get a, a an gold star. On gold that star one. for this one, buddy. Yeah, Matt, for sure. Thank you, thank you, Matt. We're gonna hang the that quar- joke. The quarantine on- is having a good uh, comedic <laughs> effect on me. Matt, we're gonna hang that joke on the fridge so everybody can see it. Yes, uh, give me the uh, the gold star <laughs> for uh, a rabbit hole comedy. Now, almost Mom, immediately, Mom would be proud. Almost immediately, Packer became a nuisance to the party. He was greedy with the rations, incredibly lazy and stubborn. Not to mention those goddamn seizures he kept having. I could only imagine what this is like for yeah. a lot of these people. It's like, it's like, oh man, he, the guy who said that we should have made a left uh, at that fork in the road and and we're nowhere where we need to be. Yeah, we can't ask him any questions now because he is absolutely, totally in a seizure right now. So yeah, you know what happened? <laughs> or they're like, or the at that point, probably not many of them could actually say, oh, this guy is seizing. They're probably like, oh, he just got the shakes. Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what, Alfred? You know what? You know, last time when we came to the fork in the road, you you were you were like you were really emphatic about you know going right, and I'm pretty sure you were just having a seizure. We probably yeah, should have gone left. Rats. <laughs> yeah. Now. Uh. Throw in the terrible weather that dawned on them, and the, uh, and the journey was certainly taking its toll on the travelers. The wagon soon became over-encumbered, and the Mormon trail they were following soon became snowed over and impossible to follow, forcing the group of inexperienced travelers to rely on their compass. See, that's the, that's the first mistake they made, is that they were following a Mormon trail. <laughs> Those motherfuckers are harder to follow than anybody. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure their trails uh, follow suit. Now, Packer's inexperience and general lack of knowledge as a guide soon began to show and the party got lost. The provisions began to run out, and after a short amount of time, the group had to resort to eating horse feed, and were about to turn their forks onto the horses themselves. But, at, uh, but alas, on, on January 21st, 1874, 
they stumbled upon the camp of Chief Ure, a, a Ute leader who was known as the white man's friend. The men approached the tribe and were met with open arms by Ure, who offered them food, a place to stay, and some advice. That advice being, do not try to make the journey to Breckenridge now. Wait here until the winter passes through, and then make the journey. He added that no Ute would ever take the trip through the mountains, because doing so would risk certain death. Do you think they, and I, I this has nothing to do with the actual meat of the story, do you think they ever refer to it as Breck? You know what I mean? Or yeah, let's go to Brecky. Let's go to Brecky. Well, yeah, I, I hear that loving, Brecky is the happy spot. I'm loving this place. This this as a setting purely because it's such a, a like yuppie uh, place to go for for skiing and stuff. Where people, it's just like, oh man, all these people uh, uh, died because of a terrible winter out here. And then you have somebody's like, man, that must have been some fresh pow pow. Holy <laughs> shit, bro! Uh, we were shredding, bro. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if they had some six skis, they would have been gnar. Gnar. Well, that's another thing. I don't believe that they uh, uh, had uh, snowshoes. Yeah, so they were totally... They were fucked. And, and that's the thing, though, too, is that this chief was really just trying to be, like, a good guy. I mean, I don't really like using the phrase, but he truly was the white man's friend because he was like, hey, here's all this food. Here's the shit. Get warm. Yeah. Don't go over that huge ass snowy mountain. Yeah. And they were just yeah. like, oh, sorry. Like, you know, we're going to follow, you know, we're going to follow our expert friend over here, you know, or the one that actually knows the, uh, the, yeah. the, the trails and the way. So, um, you know, well, you just, just, you know, continue being a yeah. friend to white well, people. Keep in mind, at the time, Breckenridge was a hot spot for prospectors looking to make a fortune, and the party was afraid they would miss out on their chance to unimaginable wealth. So the men spent just a couple weeks with Ure and then set out to continue their journey. Half the team had to stay behind with Ure uh, with their wagons, leaving 11 men unencumbered enough to continue to the Los Pinos Indian Agency. Seeing as though the men were stubborn enough to continue, Ure gave them food for their travels and an alternate route that would have them avoiding the mountains altogether, instead following the Gunnison River. Five of those men were adamant about taking this route, including Oliver Lautzenheiser, who fucking hated Alfred Packer. Makes sense. Ooh, we got a little, we got a little caravan drama going on oh, here. Oh yeah. Woo woo. Now this, this guy re- sounds like a pragmatic German, so I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. That this, yeah. So I'm sure that he's just like he could sniff out fucking uh, con artist a mile oh, away. Oh yeah. So. Very yeah. passive aggressive. This route was preferable because the San Juan Mountains in the middle of winter would be a death sentence. But leave it to self-proclaimed survival expert Alfred Packer to to suggest that very route. The five men who thought to follow Ure's advice did just that and left Packer, Shannon Bell, James Humphrey, Frank Butcher Miller, and George California Noon, and Israel Swan to traverse the San Juan Mountains of Colorado in the middle of winter, and do that they did. If, you, if you're leading an old-timey, an old-timey expedition, you gotta have a guy whose nickname is Butcher. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It helps. It definitely helps. I, and you, it, you thought that maybe that would be a deterrent to outside forces, but... The real enemy was within. <laughs> the real butcher were the friends they made along the way. <laughs> That's now, great. Were the, were, the, were the jokes they cut up along the way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'll be making a couple more of those jokes uh, throughout the course of the script. On February 9th, the six men set out on their journey, and what happened next is shrouded in a good bit of mystery. What is known is that two months later, on April 16th, 1874, 
Alfred Packer emerged from the San Juan Mountains alone. He stumbled his way to the Los Pinos Indian Agency with rags fastened to his feet. He burst into the mess hall of the agency, begging for food and shelter. The men in the mess hall quickly took Packer in and gave him some food, but but for as fast as he was eating it, he was throwing it up just as fast. What? Oh, oh. probably because he he definitely ate some humans already. He wasn't used to regular meat. No, yeah. that's not it. Tim 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 looks like he knows the answer right now. Packer attributed oh. this uh, to going weeks without food. After after a couple of shots of whiskey to warm him up, Packer told the men in the mess hall the story of the events leading up to Chief Ure's camp, saying that he was hired by five men to guide them to Breckenridge. He said that once they left Ure's camp, they became snowblind and that the men deserted him. Packer said that Israel Swan gave him a rifle and minimal ammunition and uh, that he survived on nothing but rosebuds and roots. What? Sounds so like he something, did eat something a a a self-proclaimed survivalist would uh would say cuz I mean is any of this actually budding in the winter? Oh, I do not know. Like you're you're snowing in the in the mountains. Oh yeah, you're you're finding you know uh you're finding rosebuds and roots like nah, that's not happening. I mean, you'll find roots. Roots kind of are just there in the ground, whether or not they're edible. It's <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah, but the ground's super fucking kind of like hard. How's he getting down your, to like, I don't know, man. I mean, you can That's find spots. That's what I'm saying. Well, you can find some spots that aren't covered in snow. But the men were skeptical of Packer's story, mainly because if he had survived two months on nothing but rosebuds and roots... Sure didn't look like it. His face looked bloated, his clothes were not as ragged as they should have been, and his appearance was far from the skeletal type they were used to seeing when starving travelers emerged from the woods. So this guy looked <laughs> like he just came back from like a like a plump, like like four course like uh you know, dinner. He you know. definitely had some food along the way. If yeah. you're picking up what I'm putting down. And and lots of it. I mean, if you're being described as plump and you just came from the wilderness after having supposedly dis- uh, survived with little to no food. Yeah, you know, yeah, you don't Wait. look, you don't look plump. Tim, did you say where all of his people were with, are that he was with, or did they get lost? Oh, or buddy, we we're gonna talk about that one. Oh, so he just emerged and he emerged he like, after they left camp, uh, uh, Chief Ure's camp. Two months later, he showed up alone, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, so oh, well, so that's the thing. So, so I wonder how he rolled up into the camp if he like pretended like he just got dropped off, but they were like passing by. He's like, "Oh, thanks for the ride, guys. See you later." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'll see you guys later. Good times. Oh, yeah, what's up? He's like, "Oh, those guys, they're they're hard asses. They just <laughs> they they want to keep going." Now, after uh after his stay at the uh at the agency, Packer then made his way to Sagush, where he stayed at Dolan's Saloon. All the while during his stay, he claimed that he uh, was flat broke, but that was an obvious lie. Dolan claimed, uh, Dolan, the owner of the saloon, claimed that during his stay at the saloon, Packer spent a, uh, about a full hundred dollars, which, when adjusted for inflation, comes out to about two thousand two hundred sixty dollars. High roller. Holy sh- no, but it's like he obviously like robbed these people as well. But like, let's let's put it this way. If you that was in today's day and age, that's like if some kid in high school was like selling weed and didn't have any like discernible job, but all of a sudden like went out and bought like a brand new Lamborghini. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of like <laughs> that's like they they have their that just I'm sure like set off red flags to yeah. people around there because 
they were like, what the fuck? That guy ain't, he is not the type of person that should be spending that kind of money. Yeah, this motherfucker like, has entrepreneur on his LinkedIn profile. What the fuck? <laughs> That's exactly it. Like, that, like you that you can sniff out fraud or something nefarious. Well, you're either life. sniffing out the fraud or the marijuana, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, hey, well, hey, well, that's like a that's like a somebody on Facebook putting their job as works at office. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, entrepreneur at life. <laughs> graduated from the College of Hard Knocks. School <laughs> of Hard Knocks. Oh LOL. God, Jesus, that just made me. It just pushed my dick in. <laughs> yeah, Tim. They wouldn't even say College of Hard Knocks because they would like talk about how I didn't need to go to college. I to... got my bachelor's in. Uh, in life, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> okay. Now, Packer, yeah, oh my God, the cringe. <laughs> Packer also balled out at the general store, racking up a fat seventy-eight dollar bill, which is probably like a like a five hundred dollar bill. Yeah. So it's like walking into CVS and being like, "Yeah, yeah, all right, I need all your fucking <laughs> all your fucking hairspray." Now, it's also <laughs> reported that during the spending spree, Alfred Packer had more than three wallets on him. Jesus, oh, yeah. this guy was really loaded. No, that's yeah, yeah, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Now, Three Packer, wallets to hold all of his money. Yep. Now Packer also brought attention to himself by drinking often and heavily. And when he was drunk, he would tell different versions versions of a story to the townspeople, quickly becoming the hot goss of the town. Yeah, this guy is like I'm telling you, he he bought a fucking like a Supra, like a you know Subaru RX, lowered it, put put like fucking spinny wheels on it, the glow lights underneath, and then drove around town blasting his fucking music. Well, here's what he that, did by that kind of hot boy. Like that's how this guy approached everything he just did. John, I'll tell you, during his stay in Sagush, Alfred Packer bought a brand new horse and a. Sp- Banking new saddle. Holy shit, so you weren't wrong. Nope. That's what literally what I'm saying. Like he's he's like like he checked all the boxes for them. Is like, yeah, this guy is somebody who's not used to having money, just came into money, is trying to spend this money, so people were like, Give me my money back. And he's like, I can't, I spent it. And so, then he can but it sounds like he just bought his getaway vehicle. So boom. So so I wonder if people bragging about uh uh horses in the old day is uh is just as cringy as people bragging about new cars in the uh into in today's age. Well, tack on a wagon in there. It's like, yo, my wagon has one horsepower. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, that's more than my no horsepower. So thoroughbred. Ah, <laughs> okay. Apparently, the prospectors used to fuck boy laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna take the Mormon trail to Provo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there know, is one way of looking black. at the prospector as a classic fuckboy. <laughs> he's he's following in other fuckboy footsteps, and it's just really like he's not doing anything original. He's just going out there trying to find gold, and and he's Yo. doing it in an area, and he's probably singing some wild tunes along the way. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. I moved out west with nothing, and then I made my way to California. Yay! Aha! Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, yo, bro, <laughs> you, yo, bro, you got any nugs? <laughs> nugs, yo, you ain't them... got any gold nugs? Yo, you know me Night. and my boy Alfred got them fat nuggy nugs, my guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh. It... If your daughter came home with somebody and he he said that he was a prospector for a living, you'd be like, get 
get no sorry sorry sweetie he's i mean not i mean one. how different are the fuck boys from the prospectors they have lots of um like additional baggages on them kind of like the fuck boy <laughs> yeah. with like the, ch- the chest bag on so and i will they're, say they're really not far tattoos, off if you have enough random tattoos in the right places you will just look inherently dirty so like you'll look just <laughs> like a dirty prospector yeah like i'm t- like like i love post malone but like some of his tattoos i'm like oh man like he, like he, if he just scrubbed his face i'm like oh no never mind that's part of a tattoo I, you I, know what i mean like so i saw a tweet where it was uh someone said uh Post Malone looks like how a frat bathroom smells. Yeah, uh, but I'm sure he has a wonderful like odor, more or less, because he's famous. But, oh yeah, like, he definitely smells so, beautiful. And and I've cracked yeah. the code on this. If you have a face tattoo or a tattoo anywhere near your face, um, if you have like if your hair is like wet or something, or it looks greasy, you just automatically look dirty, and and like like that's just the mm. way. It, like yeah. You know yeah. I mean, it's and something he, about the way that it, the, the the two interact. Yeah. But you know, nothing. And, and nothing. Post against Malone it. has perpetual bedhead. Like his his hair is always like you're like, oh, did he just wake up? So I mean, I yeah. I, I can definitely understand what you're saying. I gotta say though, I think I like perm uh, Post Malone the best. I don't think I've seen that. So I'll, well, I'll well, have to like Google the, that I mean, later. He just has like it's probably not a perm, but it's just like it's like his like short curly hair. But mm-hmm. yeah, oh, definitely okay. the best version. Yeah. Now. Got Next, a man came into town who was one of the original members of the party who stayed behind at Ure's camp. This man's name, I shit you not, was Preston Nutter. Nutter? Nutter. Really? If there's one person you don't want to cross in this world, it's Nutter. It's P Nutter. P Nutter. Now, he went on to start the Nutter Butter Foundation. Nutter ran into Packer at the saloon in the middle of one of Packer's drunken stupors. Nutter asked Packer where the rest of his party was, to which Packer responded that they left him behind because, quote, my feet got wet. <laughs> <laughs> I got wet I socks. I'm out of here. I stepped in a puddle. Well, the, well, the reason being his feet got wet. His feet got wet and subsequently froze. He also claimed that the, that Swan left his rifle with him and then fucked off with the rest of them, abandoning abandoning Alfred. Uh-huh. Dude, now, really? first he gets his feet wet, and then his friends just fuck right off. Yeah, no. Yeah. N- uh, Nutter thought this was weird, though, because if Swan had left Packer with his rifle, then that left the five others with only one rifle to hunt with. Plus, where was Packer's cult revolver? How'd he get so much drinking money? Plus... Nutter also noticed a skinny knife that belonged to Frank Butcher Miller. When uh, he asked Packer about it, he said that Miller stuck it in a tree and left it. Mm. So I have mm-hmm. to re- I have to revise my introduction of uh, P. Nutter. It's now Detective P. Nutter. <laughs> Det- yeah. Ooh. Sherlock Nutter. <laughs> my name's Detective like- Nutter. Hey, Alfred. He's like, wait a minute, that's not your knife. Hey, and you know what? What the heck is you that? Had another gun. Why would you ask for a? Why would you ask for a rifle? Your revolver's much better, huh? Now it's wait also it's also important to note here that before they uh, separated, Nutter came to fucking hate Alfred Packer due to again his overall piss poor performance as a guide and not to mention his dog shit attitude, and that is exactly why Nutter saw right through Packer's story and threatened to hang the man on the spot. Wow, yeah, uh, I mean, he is a, a 
Peanutter, Detective Peanutter, just, just uh, not fucking around. No, he just took the um, the reins as the president of the uh, the anti uh, Alfred Packer Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anti Pack. Um, but no, he um, I don't know. It you know what it is is it's just more so a testament to how shitty of like a human being this guy was, or how difficult of a human being he was, and that like he. If he got along with anybody, it was only a matter of time until that relationship turned sour. But yeah. it seems like it, it for anybody who had had half a wit. And if you were fucking doing what these guys were doing, you just I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe you had to be some level of stupid, but maybe some of them were, you know, smart enough to be able to handle it. But because they, uh, uh, you know, got got we're unlucky enough to come into contact with a guy like Al Packer. Yeah. Um uh you know, they just totally like you can't you can't you had to be much better to overcome how stupid or how bad this guy was. And then if he's also a fucking potential crook or just like has no sort of moral compass, then yeah, like this guy's not going to worry about you or yours. So uh like the nutter, you just got to give him credit for being like, nah, this guy is fucking like, yeah. It, if it looks like a duck and, and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And this guy's a fucking, you know, man's, a this man's quacking hard. Now, yeah. Meanwhile, back at the Los Pinos Indian Agency, uh, who showed up but the man who arguably hated Packer the most, Oliver Lausenheiser. Upon his arrival, Lautzenheiser was told by the head of the agency, General Charles Adams, that another member of his party showed up alone, claiming his companions had deserted him. And that man's name was Alfred Packer, to which I can only assume Lautzenheiser's immediate reaction was, Oh, that fucking guy? He's ben, like, oh, this is fine hund. It's like how, uh, it's like how, what is it, uh, in the, the Fairly Godparents, how when uh, Timmy's dad reacts to Dinkelberg, Packer! Like, Dinkelberg! <laughs> Lautzenheiser! <laughs> now, then Lautzenheiser told the general that Packer was a man not to be trusted and that if he came back alone, then something terrible happened in the woods. They sent an officer, uh-huh. to, uh, they sent an officer to Sagoosh to pick up Packer and bring him back for questioning. Packer was getting his stuff together to skip town when Nutter showed back up to deliver some good old vigilante justice. Lucky for Packer, the officer arrived just in time and broke up the two men. The officer said he was sent to retrieve Packer so that they could form a search party. Now, facing vigilante justice, Packer reluctantly agreed and rode back with the officer. But before they could leave, Nutter gave the officer some information. When they arrived back in Los Pinos, Packer met General Adams, who he had not seen since February. After Packer entered the officer, who informed the general that a man named Nutter said that Packer spent several hundred dollars during his stay at Sagoosh bought a new horse and saddle, and was penniless before he joined up with the party. Lautzenheiser wanted a thorough explanation from Packer, and Packer gave the same exact story that he told the first time he was in uh, Los Pinos. Lautzenheiser did not believe a damn word what Packer was saying, though, so he asked where Packer got all that money from, to which Packer said that a man in Sagoosh lent him the money, which was immediately disproved when they sent the officer back to Sagoosh and asked the townsfolk if anybody had lent him money, to which they all responded, hell no. See, I love how easy of a, like, a... Like a like a problem and then solution that was. Oh, it's yeah. like oh like you know I had this guy who lent me money and then like you know uh, you might and then like he's probably thinking oh they might not find out because you know how are you gonna ask everybody? It's like no, just go to the center of town, tell everybody to come outside and be like, hey, did you fucking did you lend this drunk some money? And everyone's like, nope. no, like that's <laughs> yeah. way no. harder. In to fact, do today. he had three wallets on him. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's it's the kind of thing where they throw they just bring him out there. You don't even need to call the townspeople together. You go, did anybody lend this guy money? And you would just hear no ripple through because it'd be like, hey, who's lending anybody fucking money Ooh. at this time? It's like, OK, yeah, I, I gave that guy a penny. Like, wh- wh- what kind of money are we talking here? So, you know, fuck that. But like, it's more like th- this guy didn't get his money the way he said he did. So. Well, that's like when you get some like old time, your response like, um. Oh, well, if he had as much money as he spent at the bar, then he would own this town. <laughs> yeah. As Adams was calling uh, proceedings to handle the matter, a Ute tribesman burst into the room, holding strips of human flesh they had found near the woods while hunting. As this happened, Packer fainted and dropped to the floor. When he awoke, Packer immediately began begging for mercy, saying that he would give a full confession. The room fell silent, and Packer cryptically said to General Adams, It would not be the first time that people had been obliged to eat each other when they were hungry. I know we discussed that voice before (laughs) this, but as we've worked through this, I don't think it works as well with this guy because that's way too, like, sinister, and this guy is just, like, he's, like... All right, uh, let me try another one. I was going to say, do more of, like, do, like, Adam Sandler in, like, uh, um, Uncut Gems, but with, like, a bit of a twangy accent. You know what I mean? Like You just gave... Tim the cue of his life. All right. Tim, Tim, I mean, just giving him, oh, yeah, do Adam Sandler yeah, do- from Uncut Gems. That's like, I, What's team, the thing? Tim, I know Tim's he like giving a cat a mouse. Or it's like giving a mouse a cookie guy. Tim's, uh, Tim's right. glowing right now. I know, but he just has to make sure that he does. Like, Well, neither of you have seen the goddamn movie, so you wouldn't be able to tell me if I was nailing it or not. So I'm just going to say before I do it that I nailed it. All right. I've seen most of Adam Sandler's movies. I'm oh, sure he I doesn't do the Adam Sandler goofy voice in this movie, though, guy. You, you've talked about it enough, so it's it's rule that I can't see it. That is true. <laughs> it would not be the first time that people had been obliged to eat each other when they were hungry. See, I killed it. I was I fucking nailed it, and you guys will never be able to tell me otherwise. I, mean, I saw the trailer. I think it was pretty good. Thank you. That sound that just sounds like if his Billy this is Madison how I win hey. was on Xanax. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm all right with it. That's actually the uh, the that's actually the direction that the Safdie brothers gave him for the character. Yeah, that's the only yeah. direction you can give him. Yeah, yeah the direction for Uncut Gems was be Adam Sandler fu- from Uncut Gems with a Southern twang. <laughs> um, now Herman Louder, a clerk at the agency, was present for the confession and transcribed what would be the first of several different versions of the story Alfred Packer would go on to tell over the course of the next 30 years. Packer said that he and the five men left Ure's camp with enough provisions to last them what was supposed to be a 14-day journey, but they were soon exhausted from the difficult terrain and the brutal weather. When their food ran, when their food ran out, they survived on roots, rosebuds, and the occasional rabbit, but before long, the men grew crazed and began to look at each other in the most unusual way. Packer says that he went out to get some firewood, and when he returned, he saw the men standing around the dead body of Israel Swan, who had been thwonked in the head with a hatchet. Oof. Thwonked? Wow. Yeah, that's my own personal flair on that. I, I, I read it in a short story once. I just imagine one of the uh, the Batman-esque um, like <laughs> yeah. pop, pop, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, pop segments yeah. coming out. That's because bludgeon. That's because bludgeoned doesn't look really nice in pop letters. So that's actually, that's actually <laughs> hilarious. If just one of them was like pop, bang, bludgeoned, decapitated, <laughs> massacred. Now, Packer claims that Swan had several thousand dollars on him, which was divided amongst the remaining men. 
A few days later, they ran out of Israel swan meat, so Packer, Bell, Humphrey, and Noon secretly decided that Frank Butcher Miller would be the next to go, because Miller was stocky and had a lot of soft meat. Sorry, Mr. Butcher, Mm. you have been voted off the island. Miller was thwonked with a hatchet, butchered, and eaten by the four remaining men. Packer took claim of Miller's knife, and the money Miller had gotten from the killing of Swan was distributed amongst the remaining men as well. The next to be thwonked was Humphrey, followed by the thwonking of George California Noon. So, none of the thwonking did anything. Like, like you know, I think the, like, the thing is like, oh, like, you know, we're starving for food. Like, oh, they, no, they, they killed, killed him and ate him. Like, they, each and every one. Yeah, Tim is But they were really very... that far out of the shits, though, that, like, oh, yeah. you could eat four people and... Like, it still didn't help improve at all. Well, keep in mind, it was four, uh, five people eating one person, then five people eating one person, then four people eating the remains of that one person, and then three people. So the numbers were dwindling, and the meat was still scarce. But this is to assume that other people joined in on the meat eating? And like- yeah. Well, yeah. And this is also with... This is also with the assumption that this is the true version. Okay. This is just the first version. Gotcha. Now, before long, it was down to Packer and Bell. Packer claims that the two swore not to eat each other and agreed that they would say the other members of their party succumbed to the elements and were given a proper burial. And so the two traveled on, eating nothing more than some roots and a rabbit they managed to hunt. Then, according to Packer... Bell sprang forth from his blanket, screaming, I can't take this anymore! One of us is going to end up being food! Bell then grabbed his rifle and tried to bash in Packer's skull. Packer managed to deflect the strike, to which Packer grabbed his hatchet and thwonked Shannon Bell. If you're going to get thwonked yourself, you better be the one doing the thwonking. In this world, you either thwonk or get thwonking. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Alfred Packer is going full fuckboy. boy. <laughs> Packer then butchered the body and uh, ate as much as he could before setting out to finish his journey. He took Bell's share of Swan's money and ventured forth. When he came to the Indian agency, he threw the remainder of Bell's flesh away and proceeded towards the shelter. Alfred Packer said that over the course of his journey, he became fond of human flesh, finding the breast quite delicious. Ew. Come on. So there you go. Like, this guy's such a weirdo. How are you going to name a goddamn eatery after this guy? Alfred Packer, certified boob guy. Yeah, he's yeah, a good guy. Um, he probably should be a buck guy too, though. I'm sure that's not bad, but like, I'm sure it was meaty. Awful conversation. Imagine he was like, "No, that's where the poop comes from." Imagine <laughs> the um, imagine the cannibal place at the the school is like, the guys, like, yeah, I'll get a like a you know, I'll get a ground beef quesadilla, and they're like, "Sorry, sir, we only serve chicken breast." Ooh, <laughs> and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Cha-ching. <laughs> when Packer finished his confession. Adams assembled a search party for the bodies near the lake that Packer entered from, with Packer acting as the guide. After two weeks, they arrived at the lake, to which Packer said, "Uh, This doesn't look right. I think we're lost. When they found nothing near the lake, they headed back. Lautzenheiser called Packer a murderer and called for his immediate hanging. Now, it's important to be said here that Packer didn't help his case at all, because on their way back, uh, Packer reached for a knife that was hidden under his clothes and tried to murder Herman Lauder. (laughs) <laughs> and because of this attack, General Adams lost all belief in any story Packer had told. Packer was then sent back to, back to Sagouche and put in jail. 
It was in jail that Packer retracted his story for the first time, and then he told Adams, now claiming that the six men had an agreement where if one died, the rest would consume the flesh. Packer says they avoid eating each other at all costs and did everything they could to stay alive, including eating their own shoes. But in both mm-hmm. versions of the story, the two consistencies were the eating of dead people and the theft of the possession, possessions, to which Packer defended by saying they no longer needed them. Yeah, I mean, That's I guess fair. if you're going <laughs> to split hairs about, oh, uh, man, like you stole their possessions after you ate them. That's Ugh. fucked up. How how dare you steal their possessions? And then he's like, oh, you're you know, I mean, I did eat them as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, the, so I, I was pretty much right before though. And I said, I was like, okay, so this is to believe that this guy, you know, ate this person, people along with others and not mm-hmm. that he just fucking waited till they all died and then ate them all, uh, you know, uh, because that was either what happened and they all ended up dying and he's like, oh shit, it's just me because I better eat him. Or he was like, better wait for them to die, because that's the only way I'm getting out of this. It's the only way old Albert is getting out of this one. <laughs> old Alfred. So this is just the um the equivalent of like with with Alfred Packer telling a story, this is the equivalent of the the um the kid texting like, you know, like the like his crush and being like, Uh huh, I like you and then she's like what and he's like, oh, sorry, my my cousin had my phone. Like, you know what I mean? Because he's he's just trying out the different stories, and is like, oh, okay, this like, doesn't oh, work. Yeah. All right, try to kill him. No, it didn't work. Oh, sorry. Okay, oh no, like this is the actual story. I was just kidding before. Yeah. <laughs> that following August, though, once the snow had melted, the bodies were indeed found in an area that matched the description Packer gave. The bodies were found by John Randolph, an illustrator for Harper's Bazaar. He sketched the scene as he found it, and then alerted authorities. What's wrong with Wait, that? Pat, what do you uh, What do you mean? Sketched it? Uh, he drew it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have a see, photo back and, then, and it's a very detailed drawing. So he spent a lot of time on it. Well, oh, I guess I you know photo. what that was. What he's supposed to do. That's yeah. That, like, that Matt, is a good that, call. It's as good as them taking a photograph. Yeah, but as like, if he. Right. Yeah, but that's also assuming that the uh, that the uh, authorities weren't going to come like an hour later. Not much was going to change in an hour. Tim's thinking like <laughs> Tim's thinking this guy's getting off on it. This guy's a worse responder. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. So Not I get the what you're first saying. responder, no. the worst responder. No. Yeah. So th- this is like that instance of like film the cameraman. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. Or this kill, kill the kill the cameraman, whatever. Where this it's is, like, yeah. This is the 1800s version of Logan Paul going into yeah. the woods and filming the suicide guy. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, gotta respect oh. the culture. Better draw it. And it's like five hours later. Wow. God, that guy, he's definitely dead now. Shit. Shit. Well, Dur- better, better, better draw him a darker shade of blue then. It's going to be another three <laughs> hours here. Okay. During this time, Packer was still being held in a makeshift jail because there was no evidence and up to that point, no bodies. But Packer had been there so long that the taxpayers were getting annoyed that they kept paying him for this man to stay in jail. So someone passed uh, Packer a pair of makeshift keys and he got the fuck out of Dodge. Shut up. Really? That's the why you let him out? go? That's why you let this crazy cannibal go? Well, yeah, they all knew that, best case scenario, um, everyone had just died around him and he stole their possessions, and that worst case, he, he ate them. So I guess they were kind of like, all right, I guess, I mean, if there's no bodies, let's just fucking, let's help this man get, get, get go on and get. <laughs> go on and get. Plus, that's too much. 
1883, Packer was discovered in Cheyenne, Wyoming, under the name of John Schwartz, claiming to be one of the men who originally stayed with Ure in that winter of 1874. But the man who discovered Packer, a man called Frenchy Cabazon, was also part of the original party who stayed with Ure that winter of 1874. Wait, but this is... If I'm understanding you correctly, though, this is further, um, you know... About nine years itself. later. Well, but no, no, no. What I'm saying is this is further lending itself to um, uh, uh, Packer being a fuckboy because... So he was pretty much bragging about it or telling other people that he was part of that larger party yeah. and then other people caught wind that this guy named by the name of Schwartz was part of this party. Yeah. He, you know, classic fuck boy. That's somebody being like, yeah, man, you know, I push weight. Uh, he's, he's a cloud chaser. Part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't really tell you my real name because if I do like, I'll probably get fucking, you know, executed. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you my Instagram handle though. Yeah, but follow me at my Twitter handle, uh, J Rizzle Fuckboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> J Rizzle Fuckboys. And then, and then um, he, he somehow figures out a way to put that in there. The Pack Pack, the Pack Pack Boys. <laughs> Frenchie then alerted the local sheriff, and Packer was arrested and handed back over to General Adams. And Packer once again changed his story. This time saying that, quote, I found the redheaded man. <laughs> Come on, Batman. we want them uncut gems, uncut gems. Oh, uncut gems, okay. I found the redheaded man who acted crazy in the morning sitting near the fire, roasting a piece of meat which he had cut out of the leg of the German butcher. The latter's body was lying the furthest off from the fire down the stream. His skull was crushed in the hatchet. Uh, his, his skull was crushed in with the hatchet. The other three were lying far near the fire. They were cut in the forehead with the hatchet. Some had two or three cuts. <laughs> Not so uncut now. <laughs> yeah, uncut uncut foreheads. I came in <laughs> I came in with a rod of the fire, and when the man saw me, he got up with his hatchet towards me. When I shot him sideways through the belly, he fell on his face, and the hatchet fell forwards. I grabbed it and hit him in the top of the head. I went back to the fire, covered them, covered the men up, and fetched to the camp the piece of meat that was near the fire. I made a new fire near the camp and cooked the piece of meat, and I ate it. I tried to get away every day, but could not. So I lived off the flesh of these men the bigger part of sixty days. That is Wait, great. so he what he said is he tried to get away, like he just was trying to escape but couldn't. So he's just like, all right, well, I'm stuck here, so. Might as well. So you know, bone app the teeth, my guy. Eat, eat what we got with leftovers. <laughs> yeah. Uncut foreheads might be the best, stupidest joke that's been told on this podcast. <laughs> that is the stupidest collection of two words I've ever heard, but it's so fucking funny. Uncut foreheads. Yeah, you gotta just... It's like... <laughs> So out of context. Yeah. (laughs) When General Adams asked Packer why he hadn't told this version of the story nine years earlier, Packer said, I was excited. I wanted to say something. And the story, as I told it, came first to my mind. 
He was offered a book deal. I'm still on Uncut Foreheads. It's like, Kevin Garnett, what's that new piece you got on? Oh, you know, this is just a press prospector's old, like, skull, you know? <laughs> this, is the, this is the skull of Frank Butcher Miller. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow, look at that. Look at that forehead. It's Holy so, sh- it's so, it's so maintained. It's so not, uncut. Not cut. Oh, this God. is how I win. <laughs> that's, that's what Alfred Backer was saying. <laughs> yeah, as he was eating cut foreheads. <laughs> and then the other ones were going, ow. Dude, can you stop? On April 6th, Alfred Packer went on trial and seven days later was found guilty of the premeditated murder of Israel Swan. It was determined that Israel Swan put up a fight when he was murdered, but that the rest had been killed in their sleep. Alfred Packer was sentenced to death by hanging, which was set to take place on May 19th, 1883. The judge presiding over the case said, and I unfortunately quote, so get ready for this one. Uh-oh. Stand up, you ferocious man-eating son of a bitch, and receive your sentence. When you came to Hinsdale County, there was uh, seven Democrats, but you, you ate five of them, goddamn you. I see you to be hanged by the neck until you're dead, dead, dead. And as a warning again, reducing the Democratic population of this county backer, you Republican cannibal, I would sentence you to hell, but the statutes forbid it. I was gonna say this sounded like he was making it a partisan issue. I wasn't quite sure. Oh how yeah, he, yeah, he was more concerned about the politics. He just like he just well, that's the thing is that this guy ate fucking what? How many people? Uh, five. He ate five people. That's like half of his constituents. Like <laughs> he he just lost his reelection bid. He's Man, like, he didn't fucking, just eat he's five like, people. He ate five Democrats. Yeah. That <laughs> um, let, let, <laughs> let me just. He's know. like you fucking asshole. I, I this was my spot, and now I'm gonna lose to fucking Jim Bob the Republican down the street. He had no chance, but because you ate five of my key voters, now, now I'm I got done. Now I gotta call my friend Jerry to redraw these district lines because fucking I I don't have enough people in my area now. God damn hey, it! Hey Jerry, I need you to mander. I need you to mander a little bit. <laughs> I need you to mander a little bit. Well, the, actually, the mar- mander in gerrymander comes from the word salamander. Because of the way that, like, I don't know, Slinky. it was it was able to change back and forth. <laughs> so yeah, well, so that, that's just a mansplain you on that word, but it was by yeah, a thanks, guy named Jer- Jerry. Um, I would like to uh, point out that uh, in the source uh, that this is quoted from, which is just a Wikipedia article, uh, Democrats in this guy's accent, it's it's pronounced Democrats. It's uh spelled D I M M Y C R A T S. Democrats. Yeah, I, I thought you were gonna say demigods for a second. I was like, "Holy shit, where's Percy Jackson? What's going <laughs> on?" Those demigods are coming up to our realm and banishing you forth to to the nether region. So, what's he actually saying? Is he Democrats. saying Democrats? He's, He's saying Democrats. Saying. Yeah. Okay. Um. Right. Yeah, there was stuff in there that I could not understand. Yeah, it That's was the point. Yeah. Oh, That's dude. True. And reading this is tough. Oh wait, because it's like it's, it's, written, it's written, it's written phonetically. It's written phonetically. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. What's the, what's the line in uh, um, Blazing Saddles? It's like it's like oh, it's so nice that the kids could hear that in the old uh, uh, my uh, prospector gibberish. H. G. Johnson is right, and all he said was, "We knew how we gonna let that Remy run run bottom." This is like the coach from uh from uh the Water Boy. Exactly. <laughs> or like yeah, the equipment, all, the equipment coach. Yeah. 
Yeah, part of the same cinematic universe family. Wait, so this would be really good, though. You should take, if this is written phonetically, you should take it and plug it into Google, like, text-to-speech. You know what? And then and then see what that does, because I'm, I'm curious to see if it if it sounds like an old prospector. <laughs> is he doing it right now? He is. This okay. just might be the best idea I've ever had. It could work out really well or not do anything at all. I don't think like, it's going to hurt us. Like Microsoft Sam, if he was missing teeth. If the, uh, yeah, this is if the the, if the paper clip was uh, mm-hmm. rusty. You guys ready? My- Microsoft Yosemite Sam. John, here we go. Yeah, I'm ready. Stand up, ya voracious man-eaten son of a bitch and receive YIR sin chance. When ya came to Hinsdale County, there was seven Democrats. But you, ya at five of them, goddamn ya. I sentence ya t be hanged by th neck until er dead, 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 as a worn and ague and reducing th democratic population of this county. Packer, you Republican cannibal. I sentence ya to for the statutes forbidden. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing. Matt, you received Wait. two gold star comedies. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That was a that was a wonderful suggestion to do because it, it, it really for to to use a pun, it unpacked uh what that guy actually had to say Wait, in context. Because a lot of, there was a lot of hidden value that we were just totally missing in Tim's um accurate portrayal of how the guy was actually it. <laughs> I think we need to make a soundboard clip out of Cammy Packer, you cannibal. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I, that was a really bad time. Wait, Tim, could you just isolate that real quickly? Like, can you just do that one phrase? That shit was so funny. <laughs> Packer, you cannibal son of a bitch. It's something like that. The cannibal oh Republican. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, that's, that's even better. That's it's even like Republicans, better. the insults. It's, it's <laughs> Packer, you Republican cannibal. <laughs> but, <laughs> wait, oh god, I wish I could. Dude, in that's the con- so fucking in funny. the context of the whole thing, though, I just love it's like uh for reducing the Democratic population of this well, county back <laughs> you Republican kid. Yeah, no, but what, what's funny though is what's funny though is that Christmas. no sorry, John. I didn't mean to cut you up, but it's what's so funny is that like years later, this guy's speech, even if you put it through a fucking text to speech like um program, it can still convey the hatred the 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 bipartisan hatred that this guy had for for yeah. for this other guy like that shit is like you said john as you you said it best it, it's like he was more pissed about the politics than the actual human eating uh oh yeah, you you've he's eaten like, del yeah, you ate he's like you didn't just eat three people you ate three of my primary voters you asshole oh god <laughs> Wait, damn it. The, the 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 judge goes to the bailiff real quickly he's like Okay, so he ate like five people. Does he count for five votes now? <laughs> Wait, if he was ninety-five pounds going into uh going into the uh, expedition, and he ate five pounds of people, is does that mean he's five percent different people? Yeah, pretty much. Well, his, his shit yes. is going to be very uh very multi uh multi-dimensional. Uh oh, you've posted malarkey. I'm going to lose delegate. <laughs> 
Alfred Packer, however, was spared the death penalty because the crime had technically occurred when Colorado was still a territory and not yet a state. However, he was not granted freedom. A second trial was conducted in June of 1886, and Packer was now charged with five counts of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to 40 years in prison. That's light, but I mean, for that time, he's lucky he wasn't sentenced to death, but it was like, that's a technicality. Yeah. That's a a dumb luck technicality, unless he knew what he was doing in the sense that he's like, this is a territory. Nobody can touch me. (laughs) But he's not uh, that smart. He's playing the long game again. He's a con man. He's just like he—he he knows the weird. He—he—he he, he does the wrong things really well. He's like, oh yeah, I commit crime, but in territories where they can't convict me. It's like, dude, you could just get a job and not have to work that hard. What's that? Packer got free. Oh, Packer, you Republican cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my new favorite uh, clip, Tim. Please isolate that and use it for future uh, episodes. You got it. Sick. Packer routinely applied for parole, but was routinely denied it. That is, until 1901, when an old acquaintance of Packer's named Dwayne Hatch took up the cause and uh, testified and, you know, really advocated for Packer to be uh, granted parole, and that he was. Packer served 18 years of the 40-year sentence and lived out the rest of his days in Deer Creek, Colorado, where he died in 1907, with the cause of death being ruled dementia, trouble and worry. That means that eating eating each of these people carried less than on average or on average less than a four year sentence. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. Yep. That's ridiculous. No one I mean, so he's pretty much gotten by as being, you know, the 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 slogan for this eatery at, at, at the Colorado University because he's gotten by on a technicality. They're like, well, he didn't serve his full sentence. I mean, you could say, well, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, wow, whatever. It's like the guy still ate five fucking people. So, so, so I know that inflation relates to money, but I didn't know that it was the same for, uh, for, for jail time, for jail time and, uh, and criminal sentences as well. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like 18 years. It's like, well, you know, he might as well be there for, you know, like I, it's, it's wild that, that was it, but I mean, yeah. I, and what was who was the guy that came through and said that like he should get parole? Dwayne like, Hatch. What was, and what was his relationship to this guy? An old acquaintance, an yeah. old friend. What? That that's bullshit. What the hell is that? Tim, what did uh what did people say when uh when when Alfred Packer got uh got released? Uh, that I do not know. Let me check. Let me see if they have anything <laughs> about it. 18 years is a good chance that most of the people who would have cared were probably already dead at that point. You know what I mean? Like this guy is, he, he's just a survivor. The fact he made it to 71 is wild. Tim, I think we have a sound clip of what somebody, I think, I think they actually recorded it back in the day. Oh, right? I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, let let yeah. me, tr- let me see if I can use yeah, go um, to the archives, advanced rabbit hole technology to, uh, to, to isolate this audio. Okay. okay. That's the, uh, that's the technology. Yeah. Working. All right, it, it finished. That's finished. Okay, great. Packer, you Republican cannibal. There, okay, gotcha. That's what I thought. Wow. So they're still that just really, as pissed. It and it and you can really tell how pissed off the person is talking to 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 Packer and and how angry he is at the fact that he's a Republican. So um yeah um so Dwayne Hatch um uh who petitioned for the release um his advocation for uh uh. Uh, his alpha, his advocation for Packer came to the attention of Polly Pry from the uh, Denver Post. Uh, 
she was a quote entrepreneurial and resourceful report resourceful reporter for the Denver Post, and she saw and appreciated the sensationalism of Packer's case, and she also uh, portrayed him as a uh, a common man using his army background um, to kind of further that case, and pretty much just portray him as a a uh, common man who got in a regrettable situations and a victim of circumstance who did what he had to do in order to survive. And after what year did what year did she do any of this? Uh, it's about 1901, 1900, 1901. And then uh, wow. after after his parole, Packer went on to work as a guard at the Denver Post. Mm. And then what? and then later as a ranch hand. So did because yeah, he probably sucked at that job. Yeah, he probably fucking still has given seizures every day. So did anyone do a background check on him? They had to if they reported a story on him. <laughs> they they yeah, knew they knew his case. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Um, some Packer, sort of redemptive ooh, this story. This is fun. Bullshit. Packer had an endearing respect for Polly Pry, and for his remaining years, he referred to her as his liberator. Yeah, really though. Yeah, like yep. you know, and and uh, Packer was laid to rest in Littleton, Colorado, receiving a full military burial. <laughs> yep. Wait, like, when was uh, he in the military? Uh, he was in the uh, Civil War. Yeah. Oh, right. Duh. Which okay. we talked about like an hour ago. <laughs> that that must have been yeah, like the sorry. most yeah, passive you know aggressive. Like he 21. did that so early on. Yeah. That must have been like the most passive aggressive twenty one gun salute. They're like, all right. They're like, we're only doing Load. this. Load. Yeah. And it's like and he fought for the the right side in that situation, you know what I mean? So, you know, he it, and that's probably, you know, if he had fought for the other side, there's no way this guy's doing anything. Yeah, after like, him. But well, um maybe he would still get a 21 gun salute. I'm not sure how that worked out, but at the very least like, you know, not any sort of honorable sort of thing. But yeah, that's definitely the most begrudging 21 gun salute where like people have to preface everyone with each person he ate. They're like so and so, California knew all of it. He was still yeah, a like, bad person. So you know, fire. I, I guess you know, whatever. Just you know, get you know, just 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 fire the guns. Just fire them. Who cares? Wait. So now that I'm thinking about it, does that mean John Wayne Gacy got uh like something? Because wasn't he in Vietnam? Like I, I have a feeling he was or something like that. that Amber Bundy. I don't know. Bundy definitely not. Yeah, Bundy definitely wasn't. Yeah, see, I mean, now you're getting into them. now you're getting into the existential questions of uh, you know, which one is worse, eating people or uh, you know, killing little kids? Or I mean, that's you know, what which one is and isn't deserving of a military uh burial? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think this guy probably might have been the re- the thing that said, okay, actually, if he's committed convicted of any crimes, we actually can't do this. Like, we'll have to like say that. Oh no, that we will take back this this you know. Uh, a type of burial because it's just an awful image for us because we literally just um, sent soldiers. We just paid soldiers with taxpayers' money to bury a a cannibal. Uh, yeah, like because he fought for the the North. You know what I mean? Like, I guess that cool. Thanks, but you're still like a piece of shit. Yeah, and that, my friends, concludes the story of the Colorado cannibal Alfred Packer. What a ride! What a what a hero! What a f- what a folk hero, yeah. you know. What what a, what a what a great place uh, to eat. It's now going to be my personal uh, goal to make a pilgrimage to uh, El Candy Ball. I think we, once this pandemic is done, we have our uh, travel itinerary set out for us. We're going to West Virginia, Point Pleasant, 
to see the Mothman mm. statue. Yes. And facts. we are going to uh well, you can actually visit the site where the five men are buried. Sick. The, doesn't this run in I thought I, like when I was like doing a like a quick like Google sur- surface search um I I was seeing some things that came in like con like reference of uh the Donner party like did he yeah. was he in similar areas or is it just because he was somebody like they all got lost and he said he had to eat people like I, yeah I, I don't it, know it, it's kind of up. along those lines of they were they made absolutely bozo moves uh okay. but bo- bo- both parties and uh and they were both uh they, they were both like pil- like pilgrim embarking on like a pilgrimage and they were both they were all Prospectors looking looking for infinite wealth. Yeah, I think Donner Party was further south. It was f- further yeah, south it was. and a little bit more west. Yeah. A little yes. bit more west. Yeah. yeah, but the larger theme is that they followed some numbskull into an uncharted territory in the dead of winter. They, yeah, yeah, in the dead of winter, thinking that they would have some sort of like that they would like find some sort of untapped resource that you know nobody had found, and thinking but, that like, they would be different. That untapped resource is. That, unmitigated that, death. That uncut forehead. Yeah, that uncut forehead. That's 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 the fine resource that you're gonna get out there when you're with Alfred Becker. All right. Well, that wraps it up for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Remember to leave a review of a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and all the good stuff. We'll have the uh, handles in the description. Yeah, please. And if, while you're trapped inside on this quarantine, go back and and listen to old episodes of of the Rabbit Hole podcast. They will be quite um, enjoyable for those of you. Um, and uh, before going and listening to our podcast, please make sure that you are doing everything um, that y- you can to be safe during these crazy coronavirus times, um, whether that's distancing or uh, donating any extra supplies you may have to healthcare workers because they definitely need it right now. Um, so yeah, that's my little uh, message here for everybody out there listening to this episode. Listen, listen to the podcast and then donate or donate and then listen to the podcast, whatever order you feel like doing it in. Yeah. Don't, don't be like Alfred Packer. We have things like takeout delivery now. So, yeah. uh, you know, no one's going to, you know, at least for now, you know, support your local restaurants and businesses to, you know, uh, you know, just you don't have to go hungry. And, and the people who serve you the food don't have to go hungry either. And, um, you know, yeah, there, we're not at that stage yet where we have to start eating uh, uh, our loved ones or people that we're with at this point. But um, at that point, it seems like uh, Packer was also hoarding all of, of the people he could eat for himself. So don't hoard that supplies. Uh, yeah, so absolutely and not. Don't be an Alford, Alford, whatever the fuck his name is. Don't be an Al Packer. He's a real, he's a real fuck boy. And that's what fuck boys do. He pulled they, an uh, absolute fucko wucko move. And now he's in the forever they t- box. They take, yeah. Yeah, they the forever box. Yeah, hopefully. Well, no, he wasn't because isn't that prison or what's the forever box, Tim? The forever box is a coffin. Oh uh, well, I guess he is dead. But and they and they cement a lot they, longer than they should have. They poured cement over it so people wouldn't grave rob it. Pe- who would, who would want they grave to? Rob him? I don't know. Some people who love cannibals. I guess. I mean, I guess if there's cannibals, they'd be like, "We're gonna go eat somebody who ate other people." He's perfect. That would have been very ironic.
<laughs> that would have been fucking hilarious. I guess cannibals like irony, so <laughs> yeah. they definitely like iron. Ayo. They like iron. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, tune in next week. Stay woke, everybody. Yeah, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. In the year of 1912, the kidnappings of Dunmore, Chicago, that was a mystery. Too bad to tell. Cause down on Lake Wazer, on a warm, sunny day. Everyone was enjoying happiness at a picnic day that day. You know, the two children, they wondered all, Bobby and his 